This is a Rooster Teeth production. January 30th, 1945. The curtain is falling on Nazi Germany and the Eastern Front is collapsing as the Soviet army advances. Thousands of panicked German evacuees and soldiers pile onto an ocean liner in the hopes of escaping via the Baltic Sea. Most would never make it. What happened next would be the deadliest disaster in maritime history. I'm Charlotte. I'm Patrick. I'm Brian. Ahoy and welcome to Ship Hits the Fan, a podcast about some of history's most notable uh-ohs and whoopsies on the high seas. Once again, a massively high death toll that uh, the uh-oh and whoopsies... It's it's a tough one because there's a lot of people that died, but also a lot of them were Nazis. Yeah. So yeah, real bittersweet one here. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like eh, uh, mm. a lot of kids, yeah, a, lot, too, a lot of civilians. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's an ocean liner wreck, so women and children. Yep. Of course, the first to go. Um, enter Charlotte. Stage right. Spotlight. Can we get some footstep foley of me walking out into the middle? Flowery intro. Ham-fisted analogy. Trivialization of incredibly tragic events. Personal confession. Patrick Size says, that's it. Grown from Brian. Finito. This one's about Nazis, gang. That's really all you need to know. <laughs> Thanks. That's the best <laughs> intro yet. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. What a meta they, intro. They mm-hmm. just keep going, yeah, you know what? I wanted to turn around, take, turn it around and take a look at the show. Yeah, really, you're kind of pointing the the lens inward. Yeah. <laughs> get this, get this, a movie about Hollywood. Oh. oh, wow. Print money, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. A movie about movies? Tickle me. <laughs> Pinch me. <laughs> Not t- I Tickle you. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, and before, and before we start this, we know it's tragic. Yes, there were a lot of civilians who died in this. So just to get that out of the way, like before you get mad at us for trivializing death, it, it, we're not. I mean, we kind of are, but we know that it was horrible. Yeah, I mean. So just. It's, but it's, this is one of those weird ones. Yeah. A lot of very bad people also on this ship. I, yeah. I mean, I know that we got a little bit of flack on our pilot episode for talking about the death of innocence on an ocean liner or at least a lake liner. Mm -hmm. uh, And then immediately switch gears to talking about Dave Matthews' tour bus uh, dumping uh, poo poo (laughs) in the same river. Yeah. And people thought that just uh, comparing dead babies to that was uh, uncouth, Uh which, hey, listen, you know what? I see where they're coming from. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, we're doing the same thing again today. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, this, so. is a, this is a classic Death Star blowing up case where, yeah, there were probably some innocent contractors or whatever, like they talked about on Clerks, who, who yeah. you know, didn't have anything to do with the Empire, who lost their lives. That was a tragedy. But we also got Commander Tarkin. We also got most of the Empire's military structure. That's right. That's right. Yeah. For, until, the next, until the next one. And then the one after that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the planet of... All right. Well, let's, okay, yeah, let's okay. talk about this. Yeah, this yeah. Follow actually happened. Back from this one's follow, real. Follow, follow Ship yeah. Hits Pod. Follow, hey, hey, follow Ship Hits Pod because we actually shot some stuff for TikTok. Oh, yeah, We yeah. are putting our money where our mouth is. Oh, okay? we did? Did we do yeah. one of the episodes? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to get Nice. It. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. The Wilhelm Gustloff 
was a German ocean liner that launched in 1937. It was 684 feet long by 77 feet wide with a capacity of 25,484 gross registered tons. I knew what that meant at one point. I do not right now. The ship was able to accommodate around 1,900 people total. Uh, as always, remember that number. Why? Because they were right at the number? Probably. Or a little under, maybe? They got on there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, with room for one more. Oh, okay. That's save, good. Save a seat for Adolf, they yeah. always uh, said. <laughs> uh, the ship was originally supposed to be named Adolf Hitler. Oh. But that did not happen. Uh, instead, the ship was christened after Wilhelm Gustav, leader of the Nazi party, Swiss branch, who had been assassinated by a Jewish medical student in 1936. Okay. Hell yeah. Kicks yeah. ass. Yeah. That's awesome. I wonder if it was like an anesthetic thing or like with a bone saw. <laughs> Gave him a hot shot. Yeah. 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 That's props. Anyway, none other than Hitler himself decided on the name change after he sat next to Gustav's widow during the memorial service. Okay. It's so weird reading the name Hitler so much in the script. You're, you're, we're really just playing with fire here. I know. Because you got to be really careful because cancellation lurks around every corner. <laughs> I'll say it. Hitler was a bad guy. Oh, uh, that's brave. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody had to. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. You got all that out of the way. Yeah, all these years later. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think he was a bad dude. I think he Not did bad fan. things, mm -hmm. and I think he had made really bad style choices. Mm. Anyway, the Gustav was basically intended as a pleasure ship. Its purpose was to provide recreational and cultural activities for German functionaries and workers. I also read that it was like a voting location. A voting at one point. location? Yeah. Like they used it for political events and stuff too. So you could like for, I think it was for in Austria or something, you could like go and vote on this ship. That's, who, who are you, I don't know who your options were when yeah, voting. Yeah, seriously, it's so but. funny to think about like democratic <laughs> functions in a country with the, the where they burnt the Reichstag <laughs> and, yeah. and took over with force. But like, well, that's how they that's how they got in initially. I mean, they yeah, were they, sort yeah, of a, a minority yeah. party. That's yeah. true. That's true. But I don't. Yeah, I think this was hey, af and then well I, after. That. I'm tweeting. Yeah. vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, these pleasures, as they were, included concerts, cruises, and other holiday trips. God, they had so much optimism at the beginning of mm -hmm. the war or before the war. Oh, yeah. Hitler wanted the ship to serve as a public relations tool that would present a positive version of the Third Reich to the outside world. Maybe drop the ball eventually yeah. on that one. Yeah. Uh, look, we're warm and fuzzy Nazis. Check out our cool boat. <laughs> Isn't but that bad? Cool? People have boats too. Yeah, Scientologists. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Jeff of. Bezos. Love boats. Jeff well, his boat's stuck. stuck. So yeah. he's not really a boatman well, yet. Yeah, but. it's definitely a guy with one boat. I'm sure. Yeah, he's just the one. However, the war changed. Uh, you know, our best laid plans, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> Starting in 1939, the Gustav was converted to a hospital ship caring for wounded soldiers. And that lasted until 1940 when the ship was used as a floating barracks for about a thousand U-boat trainees of the second submarine training division. Eventually though, in 1945, its mission changed yet again. Ah. Yes, uh, it was a very flexible ship. Mm -hmm. Well, not really. At this point, the war was being lost by Germany. Spoilers. Yeah, On the they Eastern... did not win. <laughs> no, they did not. They lost um, pretty bad, bad for like 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. They took on the world and they lost. 40. 
On the Eastern Front, the Russian Red Army was advancing and German civilians were starting to flee. This was especially true in the province of East Prussia, which today is a part of Poland, Lithuania, and Russia. As the walls closed in on Nazi Germany, East Prussia became cut off from the rest of Germany by advancing Soviet armies. And for German soldiers and citizens there, the only way out was by sea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see where this yeah, is going. Yeah, on the other side, you know, Normandy, the invasion was in June of 1944. So they're, they're getting squeezed pretty bad now from both sides. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's seriously. Over. Yep. Nazi officials began an evacuation known as Operation Hannibal. The Guslav and other ships were pressed into service and were used to transport civilians and military personnel as part of the evacuation. Yeah, I had to ask Brian about this because I was kind of confused by it too, but it was a lot of just like civilians who, because this is just the way that Germany, the, where the borders were and stuff in that time mm -hmm. period, that was, so the Russians are, are coming in and they're just getting, they're getting the German civilians out because they, they know that that's not going to be Germany for much longer, basically. No, and they're going to yeah. end up in whatever. Slice it up, take yeah. what they wanted. Um, but there's also a lot of Nazis. A <laughs> lot yeah. of Nazis. Uh, yes. Quite a few members of the Third Reich. Yeah. We'll, we'll break it down later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll get into it. They must have uh, seen Dunkirk and they were like, huh? That's, that's, yeah, they saw Dunkirk. That and, seemed to yeah. work pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Civilian ships. Cool. Anyway, yeah, a lot of people all at once needed to evacuate. So Operation Hannibal. Definitely not a foreboding name in, in retrospect, no, no. given future pop culture. <laughs> yeah. They were not good at naming stuff. Also, I <laughs> no. think there was a mentality, if you're German, you would rather surrender to the Allies than the Red Army. I think that was kind I of, mean, that was an important point to keep in mind. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, although you'll see later, there are some that would rather take very drastic measures rather than surrender to any force, uh, <laughs> death included. Sure, sure. That brings us to late January 1945. In East Prussia, German civilians seeking an escape from the advancing Soviets converged on the port city of Gotenhafen. The new arrivals overwhelmed the city, but there was no turning them back. So this is arrivals from other parts of East Prussia into this yeah. port city. Uh, the goal of the fleeing civilians was simple. Flee. Yeah. <laughs> if they could get to the dock, and if they could get on board, the Gustav offered them a voyage away from besieged East Prussia. Starting on January 25th, thousands started to board the Gustav. By the afternoon of January 29th, the passenger count had reached 7,956 oh. okay. when the registration stopped. And then witnesses estimated that another 2,000 people boarded after that point. Ooh. Could be less, Ooh. could be more. These are eyewitness accounts during a, under a lot of duress. But remember, what is the capacity of this ship, Patrick? I think it was 1,900. It was 1,900. Yeah. Wow. This is the most drastic. And that was with about 400 crew, I believe. So I don't know what it was crewed with when the evacuation was going on, but that was like, so 1,500 passengers was basically the, the capacity. Or what, oh, you know. Okay. So not even like 19, that's 1900 includes the crew. This is worse than every overcrowded ship we've talked about. Yeah. But numbers, by numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's pretty bad. Researchers later determined that the Gustav was carrying about 9,000 civilians, along with U-boat trainees and members of the Women's Naval Auxiliary. Oh, so maybe it was mostly civilians. It was a lot of <laughs> yeah. civilians. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I mean, you... 
you got to think there's a couple Nazis. Sure. Or sympathizers at yeah, the very least. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we'll, we'll stop justifying the death of yeah, civilians. Yeah. In all, there were more than 10,000 passengers and crew on board the Gustav. Which God. Oh, boy. That is a heavy ship. It's a lot of people. That's a small stadium. Yeah. The ship, which was built for less than 2,000 people, as we said, was severely overcrowded, to say the least. I do not know how they fit this many people on. Can you imagine being below decks? I, I, the claustrophobia oh must have been insane. Because you're like imagine. four or five times what it should be. I yeah. wonder if they had people on the bridge. Like, they must where have. Do you put, just get, like hanging off. Like yeah. when you see soldiers coming home and they're just like hanging off the top. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like those tap-tap buses. Waving a yeah. scarf to their sweetie on the, yeah. Yeah, well... Not a lot of that this time around. No. <laughs> so it's extremely overcrowded, but the evacuees could not afford to be choosy. With the Soviet army basically on their doorstep, it was their only way out. In a Discovery Channel series called Unsolved History, ship passenger Heinz Schon said that at the time, quote, they said to have a ticket to the Gustav is half of your salvation. It was Noah's Ark. Oh, God. <laughs> And again, keep in mind, the Soviet army is pissed because they hold Nazi Germany responsible for all the atrocities on the Eastern Front, Yep, which is definitely true. I mean, there were a lot of yeah. atrocities committed. So <laughs> Pretty bad, some, yeah. Some very pissed off Russians headed your way. Not to trivialize it, but they probably couldn't have made a, a very long Titanic type romance about this one because you would just have to pair off with whoever's sardined next to you. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to get past the trivialities. Yeah. Anyway, it's time to ship off. And so shortly after noon on January 30th, the Guslav left the harbor. Now, originally, the Guslav was supposed to be part of a larger convoy, but two ships had to turn back because of mechanical problems. That meant that the Guslav was accompanied by only one torpedo boat, far less protection than was initially planned. Mm-hmm. To get their passengers to safety, the ship's senior officers had two options. And uh, both of them were bad. Okay. Just not good. They could float through the shallower waters, which were <laughs> full of mines. Ugh. And that's with an N, mines. Yeah. Not mimes. Not mimes. Yeah. Which are equally dangerous. Yes. Uh, no. Or, <laughs> yeah. or they could go into deep water, which was full of submarines. Equally silent, equally deadly. Yeah. Uh, oh, and this was January. So there was plenty of snow and uh, sleet and uh, wind. <laughs> so, Good. yeah, Good. conditions were, were not ideal, to say the least. Mm. Captain Paul Volrath was senior second officer on the Guslav. He later wrote in Sea Breezes magazine that adequate escort ships weren't available in spite of a submarine warning having been circulated and being imminent in the very area we were to pass through. Sea Breezes sounds... Uh, more pleasant. Do you think they're still? Do you think that magazine's still going? Do you think it feels like a print? vacation magazine? It you does. Would yeah, like a yachting enthusiast. Yeah, yeah thing. in the chamber of commerce in the beach town you just rolled in. Yeah, I mean it's a candle. It's mostly about yachts, but they do have a monthly column from prominent Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like to get serious every now. Oh, and then. It's yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. the New York award season. So it's like the yeah. New York Times. Yeah, yeah, basically. Oh, oh, got him. Nice dunk on the paper of record. <laughs> Uh, it's just interesting for the Germans to be like, oh, no, there's submarines when, like, 
six or so years prior. They were the scourge of the seven seas with their, right. their whole thing. the entire Atlantic yeah. Ocean. And that, that is the most, the other shoe dropping, like that is just karma. But it is civilians, yeah. so. Uh, but then they did sink the Lusitania. Well, you know, whatever. Who knows? Who knows? To make things worse, the ship's navigation lights were turned on as dark fell. Uh, and this did help with visibility, naturally, but it also made the ship a giant neon sign for any enemy submarine in the area. Yeah. And then there was the issue of speed. The Gooseleft did not have much of it. The ship had been idle for years during the war, not a lot of pleasure cruising happening in those years, mm -hmm. and Captain Friedrich Peterson was worried about the state of its engines, so as a result, Peterson decided that the Guslov would travel no faster than 12 knots or 14 miles per hour for the landlubbers. Others thought this was a bad idea. Wilhelm Zahn, commander of the 2nd Submarine Training Division, argued that a faster speed of 15 knots or 17 miles per hour would reduce the likelihood of an attack because Soviet submarines would not be able to keep up. Um, you've heard ship hits the fan before. Yeah. You know how uh, this goes. Peterson, mm -hmm. the captain, ignored that advice. Well, yeah. But naturally, the captain knows best. Meanwhile, his first officer, Louis Reese, suggested that the ship stick close to the coastline. Instead, Peterson mm. headed for a deep water route that was known to be clear of mines. Okay, solid reasoning. Yeah, I mean, it still seems like either way, you're, you know, it's bad. You're either in sub-infested waters or mine-infested. Like, either way, it's yeah, not- Yeah, it's hard to thread that yeah. needle. You're between a, a rock and a hard place, which is a and sentiment. They did not thread the needle. No, 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 no. And I assume the Germans have a, a single word for that phenomenon. <laughs> At any rate, the Gustav was off heading towards safety in icy waters. Later in the evening of January 30th, the Gustav was headed west towards the German city of Kiel along the Baltic Sea coast. That evening, Hitler delivered what would be his last radio address. In the broadcast, he commanded the nation, quote, to gird themselves with a yet greater, harder spirit of resistance. Mm. Famous words from a famous loser. Yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> Not properly girded. No, yeah. How about, how about yeah. that bunker? Was that girded? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Not internally. No. There's no internal girding. Yeah, the girds were all gone by 1945. Yeah. It was just, yeah. it was just fleeing, I think. Yeah, the spirit of resistance had gone out. Soon after Hitler's address, the Gustlov was spotted by a Soviet submarine. Hmm. The sub, named the S-13, was under the command of Alexander Marinesco, who saw the big illuminated ship. <laughs> Way to go, Alex. I mean, yeah. That was a nice spot. Yeah. And it was an easy target and a good chance for a commander like Marinesco to make a name for himself and impress his bosses. Kind of ruthless. Yeah. Probably didn't know. Shortly after 9 p.m., the S-13 shot three torpedoes, and it was a devastating attack. Yeah. The torpedoes struck the crew's living quarters along with the swimming pool area that housed members of the Women's Naval Auxiliary, and finally, the engine room and lower decks. The explosions trapped many inside the Guslav with no way out. Oh, God. Yeah, 10,000 people. Ugh. And inside oh. the ship, people panicked. Some were able to get off and made it to the open water, but there were not nearly enough life rafts. Yeah. Uh, the ship had enough rafts for about 5,000, which that's a lot considering the capacity was under 2K. I know, yeah. But 
they probably assumed that there would be further than its uh, recommended capacity. Yeah. Uh, but many of those lifeboats were unusable due to being frozen to the deck. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Cool, yeah. good. It's yeah. always something, whether it's like a, an iron-laden life jacket or locked life jacket containers mm-hmm. or boats that are frozen, oh, it's not good. And then another ship hits the fan classic, the ship was listing. Uh, to the port side, right? Making all of the lifeboats on the starboard side useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, so there were only about nine that actually were used to get survivors. They got like nine in the water. Oh, then. Yeah. my God. Yeah. One survivor, Horst Voigt, was 10 years old at the time. In a later interview, Voigt said he saw yeah. people, many of them children, get trampled to death as the crowd scrambled to get up the ship's stairs and onto the deck. Boyd eventually got on a lifeboat and was able to get to safety from the wrecked Gustav. He later recalled to the BBC, quote, a lot of the people jumped and then they all tried to get on the lifeboat. And of course they pull you over and they get hit in the head with a paddle and they get hit on the hands. It was just gruesome, just awful. Most of them died. Yeah. Yeah. And those who made it to the lifeboats were faced with a heart wrenching choice. When do you stop adding people to the lifeboat? It can only take on so many before it goes down itself. Mm-hmm. Captain Volroth later wrote about this terrible conundrum, writing, The decision to not take any more people and leave them to their fate was the hardest I ever had to make. Here was comparative safety inside the boat, on the other side, certain death. For those left on board the Guslav, there were no more good options. The ship was going down and they were surrounded by freezing water. Sean, one of the passengers, told a terrible, terrible story in a National Geographic Channel documentary. And uh, we're going to break you off a little content warning here. The, the, this next account is wildly upsetting. Okay. Uh, extremely upsetting. So maybe, you know, go forward like 30 seconds. As the ship was sinking and the lifeboats were all gone, Sean saw a father shoot his wife and children rather than see them drown. And... Hey. If you can believe it, it's about to get worse. Okay. When he put the gun to his own head, he was out of bullets. Oh my God. Which, wow, that is, man. yikes to have to live with that for even another minute. Sean said, and then he let go. And he slid after his dead wife and his children across the icy snow covered deck and over the side. That's, that's one of the, one of the worst things. That's that one of the worst read. things we've, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's up there. That's. I didn't know whether to put that in there, but ugh, it, it, ugh, it just, I mean, no, that's. Just yeah. sort of, it just sort of illustrates the horror. Of yeah, I was going to say the same yeah. thing. It definitely lays out just how harrowing this experience yeah. was. During the commotion, the Gustav's crew sent out mayday signals, and finally rescue boats arrived, but they faced the same dilemma as those in the lifeboats. Who do you pick up? Who do you stop? Yeah. The escorting torpedo boat took as many as it could, but eventually its commander, Robert Herring, had to make the decision to leave more behind when his boat was at full capacity. Finally, about an hour after it was struck, the Gustav sunk into the sea, which is pretty quick. Yeah. Guys, let me ask you, have you heard about the legendary underwear brand that has taken over podcasting? They're famous for, oh gosh, boxers, undies, t-shirts, bralettes, they are everywhere. Who are we talking about? Of course, me undies. They're on every podcaster's lips and they're on mine too. I love my me undies. And I gotta say, 
My favorite is the shirts. They're so, it's the most comfortable t-shirt I've ever worn. I don't want to be in any other shirt than this MeUndies shirt. It is so soft. Oh, it's the best. Everybody knows MeUndies though. They've got the super soft undies, the comfy bralettes, but did you know they make other stuff too? We're talking socks. Oh, it feels so good on your feet. Lounge wear, it's super stretchy. Daily tees, that's my favorite. The shorts, the rompers. Put a little, put a little softness in your day. You, 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 you deserve it. Let me tell you, you work hard, you deserve a little softness. They make hoodies for your dog. So you can match up everybody in your life pretty much. They got sizes from extra small to 4XL. So they got you hooked up. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. Now, to get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash ShipHitsFan. That's MeUndies.com slash ShipHitsFan. Have you been thinking about getting a bike, but you're intimidated by long distances and steep hills? Well, I don't know if you've heard of this new fangled concept, but the e-bike solves all those problems. I love riding an e-bike. It is one of my main ways of getting around. And finally, there's an e-bike made for everyone, electric bikes. And they start at just $799, which is a very good price for an e-bike. They're the fastest growing e-bike company in the US and it's easy to see why. Electric e-bikes are affordable, customizable, and they ship free, fully assembled. Plus, they quickly fold in half. No bike rack or truck required. Leave the car at home, save on gas, and save the planet when you explore and commute on electric bikes. Listen, Patrick got one of these bad boys and he is zipping around. I've never seen such a smile on his face. Honestly, riding an e-bike, it, it feels like cheating because you're like, what, what's, what's the trade-off? And there isn't one. They're just great. They're fun to ride. You can ditch your car, you can run errands with them, and you can explore new places that, hey, maybe you would have just glazed over if you were in your car. So it's accessible, it's durable, and you can go over so many different kinds of terrain, including snow and sand. So where will your e-bike adventures take you? Go to electricebikes.com and get $100 off any e-bike purchase. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Get out there. What's your favorite campfire moment? The first time you were at a campfire. Oh, I remember taking my kids camping last year and they loved just putting more sticks on, making it just bigger and bigger. And then we'd roast hot dogs on it cook some marshmallows. Such a great memory with the kids. Campfires, they're great. They bring everybody together. And something about looking at a flickering flame, I don't know, it's just hypnotic. I love campfires. And what I really love is the solo stove. It is so much better than a regular fire pit. Why? There is no smoke. I don't know how they do it, but the smokeless design is incredible. And the thing that I hate about smoke is you're constantly having to move around, readjust your seating because somebody's going to get a face full of smoke. It is not that way with the solo stove. It is fantastic. It's easy, clean up, not a problem. You can. There's not these big old charred hunks of wood. It's just ash. It's so easy to start a fire. You're going to love it. Here's what you have to do, guys. Right now, you can get big discounts on all fire pits during Solo Stove's summer sale and use promo code SHIPHITSTHEFAN at solostove.com for an extra $10 off. That's solostove.com, promo code SHIPHITSTHEFAN for $10 off on top of their incredible summer sale discounts. As morning broke, 
The waters around the Goose Lab were filled with bodies, many of them children. Mm -hmm. Only one known survivor was pulled out of the water in the morning, an infant wrapped tightly in blankets aboard a lifeboat, surrounded by deceased passengers. Whoa. Yeah. And the officer who found the infant adopted and raised him. Okay. The death toll from the Guslav was catastrophic. Of the more than 10,000 people on board, only about 1,000 had survived. Whoa. Which is, I mean, for nine lifeboats and icy yeah. waters. I mean, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like the rescue ships might have been able to get there pretty quick. Pretty quick, quick. Yeah, yeah. It could have been yeah. so much worse. Uh, it would become the worst maritime disaster in recorded history, but it didn't get much attention at the time. Yeah, there was other stuff happening in the world, you I think. You could say at that, that point. yeah. Yeah. Uh, the war, right. uh, that was the reason for this catastrophe. The world war. Well, the world, the, the one second the, one. The one the world was taking part in. Yes, yeah. the world one. Mm -hmm. The war had claimed so many lives, and it was finally coming to a close, so neither Nazi Germany nor the Soviet Union publicized the attack, with neither side wanting to broadcast the deaths of so many citizens. Yeah. And it would be weeks before word of the Guslav reached the United States, and even then, it was only mentioned in a few short wire stories. I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine. There must have been just a daily barrage of of awful stuff news? coming out of yeah. What's that? Like? Well, at this point, like probably a lot of sort of good news. Yeah, I suppose so. The tide had had very decisively turned, and, but yeah, uh, also bad. So bad. Yeah, you had sailors kissing kissing nurses on the uh -huh. street, and mm -hmm. they're like, "Don't don't harsh this with a with a downer of a story." Come on, don't yeah. print that. Don't print that. But still, like, I mean, I'm sure every day during this period, there's some new massive thing coming out in the news. And this oh is yeah, just, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think we can all understand what it's like to become desensitized to awful, awful news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. and it's uh, it's heartbreaking in its own very special way when. A headline comes across your phone and it's the death it's just, of, t eh. of innocent people and you yeah, go yeah. that is awful and yeah. then the That's next too day bad. you just have to Let's get on with your next. life yeah. yeah so yeah history repeating itself while the Guslov's death toll was the largest it was not the only ship sunk during operation hannibal there were a series of similar attacks over the next months as the war was drawing to a close Weeks later, another passenger liner the general von Steuben was also sunk by Marinesco's sub an estimated 4,000 people died. My God. Jesus, that's already 13K under this guy's belt. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Just running up the scoreboard. In the spring of 1945, another ship loaded with thousands of refugees, the Goya, was also sunk by a Soviet submarine. There were only 183 survivors out of roughly 6,700 passengers and crew. Whoa. Oh. oh. Yeah, they just had a string of these. Yeah. Good God. And the German ocean liner, the Cap Arcona, was full of prisoners from Nazi concentration camps when the Royal Air Force bombed her in May 1945. About 5,000 people were killed. Wait, like people who oh. had been freed from concentration camps? I, I would assume I on a so. German yeah. ship, yeah. Oh. And the, the oh, month no. the conflict ended. Oh. Right? Is an armistice Good stay in May, Lord. or is that World War One? I'm sorry, Treaty of Versailles. I don't know. Yeah, I I always wonder when you see the death toll from World War Two, and it's just unimaginable. But then when you realize you have things like this just happening, boom, 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 you can see how it just starts to pile up. It's just so awful. Yeah, just for everyone involved. Yeah, 
And all of these tragedies, just like what happened with the Guslav, largely flew under the radar as the war came to a close. Edward Petruskevich, curator of the online Wilhelm Guslav Museum, wrote that, quote, there was a stigma about discussing any sort of German suffering during the war after everything the Nazis did to the rest of Europe. Didn't even discuss the prisoners being, I guess, transported yeah. back too, which is just they, rough. And actually, I don't think they were being transported. I don't know if they were being transported back. It sounds like they were taken from concentration camps and put onto prison ships. Great, okay, oh. so just, yeah. just staying the course. Yeah. Petruskovich added, the Gustav was just another casualty of war along with the countless other large ships that sunk on the German side. Yeah. So that is the tale of the worst maritime disaster by number. That is, it, it's, uh, it's good that the Germans lost that war, <laughs> definitely. But yeah, this yeah one, I think we can agree this on one that. This one is, a, is a, yeah. a bit of a tough pill to swallow. The, the, the bodies of children is never anything... Uh, right. That you really want to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of nationality. It's not their fault. Yeah. It's just one of those things like war is just awful and it unleashes so much violence and so much torture and, and death and despair. And this is just one of those examples of when you have just giant armies shooting at each other constantly, there are always going to be civilians caught up in it. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah, tons of collateral damage. They're not on a field separated from the rest of us. No, it's not. It's not uh, like Napoleon or the American Revolution. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get an honorable mention, Foghorn. Uh, we're going to switch gears to something that is slightly more lighthearted. Uh, but very, very relevant. Okay. Let's talk about the German submarine that was completely destroyed by a toilet. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we are just doing Here it again. Yeah, we are doing it again. But this is almost like the exact same time frame, end of the war, and this is a self-inflicted Okay. Uh, did that, you have a did you have a seaman walk out of the bathroom going, don't go in there, boys? Don't go in it there. Destroyed. Yeah. It's um this one doesn't have women and children on it. So. Just Nazis. <laughs> Just Nazis. I've been okay. eating chili for the last three hours. So let's talk about the German submarine U-1206. Uh, it turns out that when you stick a group of soldiers in a small space underwater, they're going to generate waste, and you'll need to find somewhere to put that waste. Oh, yeah. 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 And so Allied subs turned to onboard septic tanks, which were very heavy and took up a lot of space. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Germans... You know, say what you will. Top of the U-boat game. Yeah, they, yeah. When they, it came to subs, they for, were for sub submarine yeah. innovation. They they did what few could. Um, but you know, also this is the end of the war, so I think other other nations had caught up. But anyway, they had managed to engineer underwater plumbing that allowed them to dispose of waste right into the sea around uh, them. I mean, that's that's good. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It's good for them. Um, and it's the ocean. You can throw whatever you, you want. You can in throw there. whatever you want in there. Yeah. International waters, baby. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's probably just a patch in the Pacific of German Nazi food. Yeah, Nazi yeah. food. The problem with this method was due to the high-pressure environments of deep dives, the vessels needed to be brought closer to the surface to eject the cargo, mm -hmm. uh, which in wartime, and especially in enemy waters, was an extremely dangerous maneuver to pull off just to get rid of a couple turds. However, towards the end of the war, submarine bathroom science had progressed leaps and bounds okay. with the invention of the deep water high pressure toilet. Wow. Yeah. And so this allowed Nazis to flush their poop underwater. Finally. Yeah. 
Rather, like, you know, the movies will lead you to believe that they were dabbling in the occult and bringing forth hellish demons. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, in reality, they were on speed and figuring out ways to make super toilets. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, this to- the toilets were so advanced and so intricate that they required a specialist on board to be stationed uh, oh or, or trained to operate these toilets. Yes. They had a toilet specialist that okay. Yeah, I didn't I'm not I don't know what their title was, but I'm they're sure they're I got the, I got the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, we're gonna be able to get that lake house. But yeah, it involved openings between the pressurized interior of the sub and the crushing forces of the water outside. You know, because the, the, that's the deep water part. They don't have yeah, the yeah. surface. Yeah. Uh, I see where this is yeah, going. Yeah, so the valves uh-huh. for the toilet <laughs> needed to be opened in an extremely specific order. Um so April 14th, 1945, just over a week into U-1206's first ever combat patrol of World War II. Okay. So this this brings to mind the the Hunley, the Civil War submarine that mm-hmm. on its first combat mm-hmm. mission met mm-hmm. a similar fate. Yeah, but, and several other missions after that. <laughs> <laughs> this, made, this made nautical history as the first sub to poop underwater. Yeah. <laughs> so they lost, but they got that one in the record. They books. had a bunch of these around at the end history. of the war. Yeah. So like, it's about the small victories. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was captained by 27-year-old Carl Adolf Schlitt, really scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel for your commanding officers, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, and Carl Adolf needed to use the bathroom. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be a problem because they have a deep water toilet. So It's for using the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I guess he grabbed his copy of, I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld's sea sign Breezes language. Magazine. Oh, Seabreezes. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. And... He decided he didn't need any help. So as I understand it, I think he went in and just kind of started messing with valves. Sure, yeah. But he eventually had to ask for help from the ship's engineer. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the person trained to use this toilet. Could be. Could maybe not be. Maybe not be. uh, Leaning towards maybe not because the engineer turned the wrong valve and immediately sewage and seawater rushed into the sub at, at an incredible pace. Just like exploding in through the submarine. Yeah, it's like highly pressurized. Extremely pressurized. They are 200 feet underwater. And as if being drenched in salty human waste wasn't bad enough, probably mm-hmm. a couple shrimp and fish or something, yeah, I don't know. a bass. Yeah, a bass. Uh, the wastewater seeps into the sub's massive battery compartments. Okay. Uh, which were placed directly underneath the bathroom. Ah, uh, shouldn't be a problem. Oh. <laughs> these, are un- these are underwater vessels. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. It's German engineered. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's yeah. like a BMW. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the chemical reaction between this solution uh, and the batteries creates chlorine gas inside the submarine, <laughs> which is, again, 200 feet underwater in the North Sea. And you may be thinking, chlorine, well, that's what's in pools. That's okay. It cleans no, chlorine, ga- chlorine gas. What's the worst that could happen? Extraordinarily toxic. That's like toxic. a World War One weapon. Yeah. It? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, it's, like, yeah. It's... It, it, it almost certainly violates uh, the Geneva Conventions. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, I think you can also make it by accident. So be, uh, well, be careful when you're cleaning. Clearly, with, <laughs> when you're when you're messing with your cleaning supplies, uh, don't mix bleach and ammonia. Yeah, and, and at, at least wear a mask. Don't mix. Just don't do it. Period. No, no, no. You'll I'm saying don't do it. But if you're gonna accidentally do it, oh, wear a mask. Wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might help. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Don't. Don't take it from me. The crew is, of course, forced to surface on account of the toxic gas. I guess you could say making the sub a floater. (laughs) Upon surfacing, however, the U-boat was immediately bombed by British forces. Good God. (laughs) 
<laughs> leaving Schlitt and his crew no choice but to abandon the ship and scuttle it. Schlitt. Is that an upper decker? It started as a lower decker, and then yeah, became an became an upper decker. Imagine, imagine it floating through the bowl up into the. (laughs) What the? Imagine you're the captain of a submarine. You go to take a dump. (laughs) It sinks your sub. Like, I mean, we've all been at. I don't know. I've been at parties and functions at other people's houses where I've clogged the toilet Uh and they don't have a plunger, and I'm mortified. Me who doing that or no, just who the people not having plungers? plungers? What it is it's insane? It's crazy. You have yeah. to have a plunger. And one for each bathroom, to. not like one floor. Oh, just have you don't a, plunger have a house no, bathroom. No. What do you want to do? Carry the plunger down no. your carpeted hallway? No. What are you, psycho? You got to splurge on that and ketchup. Yep. Oh, yeah, they have them at the and dollar store. For the bathroom? Just go to the dollar store. I implore you, <laughs> listeners of Ship Hits the Fan, make sure, check your closet that you have, you need. An earthquake preparedness kit, mm-hmm. even wherever you are. <laughs> Doesn't matter where Doesn't you matter. Are. And a plunger. Yeah. Separate thing. And things. a pistol. And a pistol. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> With one bullet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, three men drowned uh, in the escape to the shore. And then the remaining 46 were captured <sighs> as prisoners. And this is 24 days before the end of the war. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, they're... They should just be happy that they're alive. That they're alive. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, an insane yeah. set. It of was noted that. Oops, the <laughs> the sub is sinking, and, and oh, I've gone and made chlorine gas. <laughs> hey, everybody, ship meeting. <laughs> uh, your captain has done an oopsie. <laughs> We're going. Oh God, they're bombing us. Has done an oopsie poopsie. <laughs> and before any of you ask, yes, it was a number two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were captured by the forces. I, I I don't know if they were released. The captain actually lived until two thousand nine. Whoa! Yeah. So okay. I I don't I don't know what things were like for him past this, but boy, what a defining moment! Probably just went by Carl after that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's what happened to the U twelve oh six. And then in the mid seventies, during survey work for a BP oil pipeline, the remains of the sub were discovered. Whoa. Uh, there was some speculation that the sub may have actually collided with a pre-existing wreck, which could have caused the leak. But we're going to err on the side of whimsy and say it was the deep water high pressure super toilet. Oh, yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, it was the toilet. It was the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. It was the toilet. Yeah. Always, you know, if you've got two options, equally viable, always the toilet. I've pulled the wrong pressure shaft. <laughs> <laughs> the deep water under water toilet and, and that's no spaces uh, but yeah 24 days before the end of the war but uh, that's life I guess uh, listeners be grateful that your toilet has probably just one lever or lever yeah uh, and also that you're not a Nazi yeah yeah that's I mean you know both good I, both good, I, both good yeah. things to be we thank you for those or not be not be don't be a Nazi don't be a Nazi yeah. Yeah, no, don't have don't a super do toilet, deep water, high pressure super toilet. Keep a don't plunger handy, especially if you have kids, because let me tell you, they are brutal on toilets. Yeah. They use way too much toilet paper. You need one. Yep. I was one of those kids, yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> that's season two of Ship Hits the Fam. Yeah. Hey, we did it. Woo! So we got, what do we got coming up? I know the season thing is weird. It's podcasting. What do, what do yeah. you, you're probably, you the listener are probably not even aware that we're doing seasons. No, because the bonus episodes you know, are pretty fleshed out. Let's okay. talk about that. We got some great bonus episodes. They're not even really bonus episodes. They're just episodes where we can like focus <laughs> on stuff that 
in any other episode might just be an honorable mention. Yeah. But yeah. they're yeah. just like really fun. Some of them are kind of like supernaturally. Some of them are not. Some of them are just They're a little goofier. A little, little yeah, let yeah. our hair down a little bit. And it's it's a kind of exists between a main episode subject and an honorable mention. So they it, you know, maybe they run a little short, but like let loose a little bit and it's They're just, fun. They're some of my favorite. Yeah. yeah, and 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 from what we've seen, they're some of your favorite ones too. There's a lot of talk about the La Chasse Galerie and and all the things we covered. So you know, please go listen to those if you haven't yet, because I get it. You only want to listen to the you're a you're a ship hits the fan purist. You only mm-hmm. listen to the main mm-hmm. entries. I am telling you, you've got to listen to the bonus episodes. They're great. A lot of good they stuff. They are so good. They are so fun. These two are so funny. You will not regret it. And but. we just, they're they are really, uh, they help us to get ahead when it comes to research and writing and kind of planning out what we're going to do with the show. So they, they're they good for us and they're good for you. They're good. Yeah. And we found, I guess, oh yeah, I found some good ones. You found some bangers. Yeah. Yeah. Those I'm excited for those. I might, I might poke around, see if we can find a different one. Go for it. But yeah, uh, th- uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we, we can't thank you enough and of course thank you to everybody involved to Nick and Kelly and Omar it's been awesome no yeah. it's been yeah. I, I feel like we're it, this has already kind of become more than I thought so it's great but may, do make sure to tell your mother please, please. tell your mother yeah. talk to your mother we're, about don't, us. we're not resting on our laurels here tell a friend yeah yeah but you know thank you Lewis thank you Alyssa uh, and everybody that's yeah, and now I'm, I'm playing the Oscar forgetting. playoff You're playing music. the Oscar playoff yeah, music. <laughs> oh, no, that's different. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Bye. May your bones. Right. See you next week. May your bones bleach in these sands. Bye. Bye. Bye.